Namaste. Namaste. So, welcome to our uh, last satsang. Today is our last satsang. Tomorrow will be our last class. Philosophy. So, I was just thinking before, like, what should I talk? And then Kimber asked me, mind was working. So, I thought I will start with the topic of ego. Ego. It's an important topic. But uh, when I uh, will be talking about ego, I am not going to talk the way the psychology people define it and all, because I do not know that. So, whereas uh, we talk ego from the standpoint of the Indian philosophy, Vedanta, and try to understand it not only from the Indian philosophy, also a lot of uh, enlightened masters they talked about this. So, from that standpoint, I will talk and then we will have interaction. So, in Indian philosophy, ego is looked upon like if you are looking at your face in the mirror, we talked about the mirror analogy many times. If you are looking at your face in the mirror, so, what do you see? See your reflection, is not it? So, your face, mirror and the reflection. So, the reflection is the ego, it is like a comparison, reflection is like the ego. So, if the mirror for example, is not clear, if the mirror is uh, dusty or it is uh, distorted or it is having an aberration then your reflection looks different from your face. If we are not clear about that, then we may think that uh, my face has changed. If the mirror is changing, then we may end up thinking my face is changing. But if you are clear about your face, then the reflection even if it looks different, you would not be confused. This is one way of looking at it. To make it more clear, actually, this is one of the famous saints of India, Ramakrishna Paramahamsa. He gave a lot of analogies and examples to understand ego. Beautiful analogies, simple analogies and examples. So, he says that ego can be divided like uh, in two ways. We can look at ego in two ways. One is a matured ego or a ripe ego or an enlightened ego is one. Another is immature ego, unripe ego or unenlightened ego. Ego is not a problem, but when the ego is unripe or immature or unenlightened causes problems and that happens because of the, the medium in which we are experiencing. So, Indian philosophy calls this as chidabhasa. The ego, what we think about ourselves, what we think about ourselves is the ego, which causes all the distortions and difficulties. Unripe ego is a problem, ripe ego is not a problem. 
if your face is reflecting clearly in the mirror then you don't get confused you see that your face is as your reflection is like your face no problem distortion happens because of our mind mind please understand whenever i am using the word mind means not just mind mind includes mind heart and body everything mind means thinking heart includes the emotions and everything body also affects because body is like the outer mind mind is the inner body that's why when we are sick we don't feel good and mentally if we are going through different moods and emotions then also it affects our experience so the unripe ego happens because of the different aspects of our mind you can look at this in different ways like imagine the moon is uh, shining and there are 10 pots with some water so there are 10 reflections but moon is one if you look at the reflections you look at 10 moons 10 as though there are 10 moons but there are not 10 moons but it is the one moon shining and each reflection looks different from the other depending on the quality of the water and depending on the movement of the water if in one part the water is moving the reflection is different shaky in one part the water is little turbid then the reflection does is not clear so the appearance of the moon varies because of the medium in which it is reflecting so ego is the same our ego is our reflection of our true nature in our own mind plus heart combination for convenience sake we call it mind so that is why they say that even enlightened master will have an ego but it is the enlightened ego enlightened ego never causes a problem enlightened ego is compared to a a burnt rope with a rope you can tie things but a burnt rope looks like a rope but it can do nothing it can't bind you it can't give you trouble so enlightened ego is like for example a person you are dealing with a person who has an enlightened ego or a ripe ego or a mature ego you can try to hurt them but they don't get hurt you can try to insult them they don't get insulted you can try to disturb them they don't get disturbed am i making sense so this is way of understanding another way you can look at it another way also it is also can be compared to a veil if for example if i am having a veil in front of my face still i can see all of you but it is filtered i can't see exactly as it is if depending on the quality of the veil if it is a transparent one you all look but still there will be bit hazy if it is having a color then it affects ego can be also compared to a tinted glass if i am looking through a tinted glass everything i look look tinted with the color another analogy given is you just think of it you go to the beach and there is a big wall in front of the sea there is a big wall you cannot see the beach you know that the ocean is there on the other side you know that the vastness of the ocean beautiful amazing but there is a big wall obstructing this big wall is like the ego you make a small hole and then through the hole you watch the beach so this is where the you are making some chinks in the ego through which you understand your true nature so you start making the hole bigger and bigger once it's big enough you can go through the hole to the other side any time and then you can enjoy the 
the vast motion you can see you can go for a swim and then you can come back this side and deal with the things so ramakrishna paramahamsa the saint who is the guru of swami vivekananda he says it's like that enlightened people they have this wall but with a big hole so they can go to the other side they are in contact with their true nature all the time but they will be operating in the world a buddha also operates in the world has no problem so it's not like a complete egolessness many people think there is no ego at all it's not that there is no ego ego can ego will be there ego is just our reflection of our true nature without ego we cannot transact in the world a transactional ego is a must for us to deal with different things of life the problems are the thickness of our ego are the distortions when we are not clear then lack of clarity causes all the distortions when we don't know it distorts when we know but we don't feel it distorts like you no know, did i give you the example of doctor giving a seminar on smoking you know like doc- a doctor is giving a seminar on smoking how to quit smoking talks very well beautiful explains how smoke causes harm to the circulatory system digestive system nervous system and everything and i am attending that <coughs> seminar because i want to quit smoking get some inspiration from this doctor and then after one hour he gives a break i go out to have a smoke <coughs> and then i find doctor also is smoking ask what is this you speaking so well don't you know i in fact i came for this seminar because i want to get some inspiration from you because i also know that smoking is not good but i am doctor says yeah i know but i feel i like it this is what we say there is a gap between knowledge and living wisdom so gap between information knowledge knowledge and wisdom wisdom and study wisdom so all this they distort even when i am not clear that itself distorts if i am clear what i don't feel then also it distorts so these are different layers of the ego ignorance is a big layer when we don't know about our true nature it distorts everything that's why we start with the philosophy what is our true nature when we start with the concept of unconditional uninterrupted joy is your true nature our mind doesn't accept it easily say so, ha ah, how can it be it's not possible this is just an imagination this is a belief like you know mind will doesn't matter but we start on a right note because ignorance is a big big aspect of the ego unenlightened ego so we start with the right knowledge but still there will be doubts confusions and we don't feel the same whenever we are carried away by our intense emotions then we don't experience it all this is part of our our inner life that's why it's a process moving from unenlightened ego to enlightened this is actually the spiritual journey whatever we call a spiritual journey is moving from the unripe ego to the ripe ego ripe ego is not a problem at all because ripe ego is a transactional ego you enjoy everything but you are not bound by it that's why i said an a person with a ripe ego you can insult but they don't get insulted they feel okay that's your feeling your imagination 
I don't feel bad about it. Somebody comes and tells me bad words, it's okay, no problem. You can try to disturb, but cannot disturb them. That's why they are not getting, they don't get swayed by these opposites. Still they enjoy life. It's not that they don't have feelings or anything. So this is what we call as the, the ego. So, so we need to understand about our ego patterns and how we get affected by our own ego. In fact, ego is also compared to, as I said, it is one is the reflection, another comparison is also like the shadow. My ego is my like, like my shadow. So you imagine if I am trying to if I am trying to give a cup of coffee to my shadow, you will all laugh, isn't it? I buy a cup of coffee and then feed my shadow. He's like, are you all right? That, but that's what we do many times. We try to satisfy our unripe ego. Many times we get carried away by our ego patterns. Take decisions based on that. Is exactly like trying to feed the shadow. We don't feed the shadow. Isn't it? You don't try to feed the reflection. So whenever we get carried away by our these ego patterns, then we will be in for a trouble. But the interesting thing here is when we are trying to understand the ego, there is an ego there. But th there is a difference. You see in uh, computer, all of you know, uh, what is an antivirus program? Antivirus program is also a program, virus also is a program. But antivirus program removes the virus. Both are programs only, but they are not the same. One is a debugging program, another is a bugging program. So they are not really the same. You cannot say, oh, both are programs. Because there are people who tell that, no, your effort also is a part of your ego. So your ego is trying to cheat. There is one, one master. J. Krishnamurti, he keeps con commenting on this. He keeps saying, oh, whatever effort you put also is a part of the ego. It's not going to work. But there is a, there is a difference. When I am trying to understand my ego, it is not exactly the ego, but it is what we call as the higher ego, discerning ego, Vivekatma buddhi or discernment. There is a discernment there. Trying to understand myself. So it's a higher program. And I may be also carried away by my own ego. For example, I am, in, I am on the journey. I have not completely overcome all my ego patterns. And I, am, I also can get carried away by my ego, but there comes the right knowledge as the, as the guiding light. It's like, you know what they call it on the uh, lighthouse. No, the ships, on the, they see the lighthouse that becomes the direction. So similarly, the right understanding becomes the lighthouse in trying to understand our journey. Otherwise, we can also be easily swept away by the whole thing. Does it make sense something? Now you can bring out questions, then we can make it more meaningful.
Yes. Uh, when, how can I know which How to know which ego is uh, causing is, that's why I said, one of the best one of the best uh, methods to understand whether we are moving in the right direction or not is uh, if you are getting less and less disturbed, if you are getting more and more cheerful, grounded. Now and then we may go through this up and down, thing will be there. But in the long run, like when you look back, six months before, I used to be disturbed every day. Now I am disturbed once in a week, once a week. So there is a change. So in the same way, for example, if I am, I am getting affected, every disturbance becomes a uh, a, a barometer becomes like a, a a point which can be used. For example, if I am getting disturbed, you imagine now we have a satsang tonight, and then uh, we say that we will have and only two people come for the satsang. And if only two people come to the satsang and I feel hurt, imagine. I call it this is called ego is hurt. Of course, you are all interested, everyone is here, but otherwise, so if I am hurt, how to know? So if I am hurt because only two people came, they do not respect me. This is the ego is hurt, I can understand. And that becomes an opportunity for me to work with it. But I am already hurt, but now I understand that it is my ego. Then I have to bring the right knowledge. When I was telling the lighthouse is the right knowledge, then I have to bring the right knowledge and tell myself that why should you be hurt? There may be many reasons for them not to come. At least two people came. If no one comes also, okay, it is an opportunity for me to sit and meditate. There used to be one saint, Ramakrishnananda. He was a saint. He was one of the disciples of Ramakrishna Paramahamsa. They started a big thing in Chennai. In this is all way back in, I am telling, uh, 1900s, in the beginning of the 1900s. So, he once he decided to teach people free, like no, just share his experience of his practices for so many years. So, he kept a board, like weekly two or three days in two evenings, he used to, uh, he gave a time and then he used to sit. There were times when nobody used to come. So, he used to sit and meditate and go away. He was a very highly advanced person, but uh, there was nobody, nobody to learn. He was never feeling hurt. So, like that we can understand uh, in different situations. Like, you know, you post something on the, on the Facebook and nobody puts a like. Especially your close friends ignored it. It is an opportunity to see something else like that. No, different times, e each thing becomes an opportunity for us to see where we, we stay. We do not need to judge ourselves. When I recognize, okay, I am hurt, I am angry, I am upset, fine, I accept the emotion. We are not denying the emotion. That is why I keep telling people, we are not denying anything. It is recognizing, understanding and then moving forward.
Yes. I have a question. Does um, does ego loss or related law to emptiness? You, the, what is it? Can you tell me? Ego? Does ego loss relate at all to emptiness? Emptiness? No. No, not at all. Ego loss is directly connected to our joy. Every time our ego is rubbed off, you experience joy afterwards. Because ego loss is exactly like cleaning the mirror or making it, uh, what do you call it, straight, or you are tearing down the wall. So it never gives an emptiness, it gives a more qualitative uh, quality life. The concept that ego loss leads to emptiness is just a concept. Thinking of like, I was thinking of like the Buddhist concept of emptiness. What is that? I was thinking of the Buddhist concept of emptiness. Yeah, what is the emptiness? Yeah, but not like emptiness inside. Which I'm a little fuzzy on what that means exactly. That's why I was kind of curious. Yeah. See, Buddha's concept of emptiness is fullness. He used the word emptiness, shunya, but it is actually purna. We have two words. Purna is fullness. Some purna is. Uh, Samyak Purnaha means completely, very well complete. But Purna is the, is the root. Purna means complete. In Indian philosophy, we use the word Purna, complete. Your nature is complete, you are complete, you are sufficient. Like we use that word many times. Whereas for the same, Buddha used the word Shunya, empty. Because uh, they chose to use different words. It is as though empty, as though empty is different from empty, it is actually full. Because if you read the descriptions of the Shunya in the Buddhism, they describe it for many pages, like there will be a big long description about emptiness. If it is really empty, what is there to describe? So they say everything comes out of emptiness, that is what we say fullness, everything comes out of fullness, nothing can come out of emptiness. So that is why the words used were different. So, ego loss is not, it does not give to emptiness, but if you want to use that sense, we will call it fullness. So, each time my ego is rubbed off, I am a better person, because I experience more joy and less disturbed. Others can disturb me less and less, what else is needed? There can be disturbance, but I am not disturbed. The the thinner the ego, the more clear the actual picture is. It's like, no, the, the lens is becoming more and more clear. Then you see things as they are, instead of as you project. Yes. that you have and then acknowledge it, deal with it and go on with it, then you practice that kind of and then you will get to a stage where you are not bothered by jealousy or whatever anymore? Not you are going one by one, you are aware of it. See for awareness, awareness is not a special effort. We have to understand this. You can, I can be sitting here, I can be aware of all of you 
I can be aware of some people talking there, I can be aware of the ocean at the same time, I can be aware of the hill and all the all these crickets and everything and same time I can be dealing with it which is different from concentration where you are focusing on one thing. So, we can be aware of different things at the same time we can do different things. I can be aware of my mental framework. So, being aware is the most the starting point. So, each time I am being controlled by my intense likes and dislikes and my different emotions, I become aware. I am not judging, but I am aware and I continue with whatever I am doing. So, we not need to stop anything. Bringing more awareness, recognizing them and if I am going to take decisions and actions based on that, then I have to understand. For example, if I am being driven by the unripe ego and taking decisions based on that, it is bound to give me unhappiness. Actions emanating from a distorted perspective is bound to be wrong. Because I am projecting things from my mind about you. That is why I said, for example, only two people come. I am projecting, oh, they do not respect me or something like that. People do that quite a lot. Instead of seeing things as they are, two people came, two people came, I finished. That is why we say do not interpret. Many times we in keep interpreting. We say do not interpret. Do not interpret your dreams. We say that just experience move on. And what should you do when like your head is not stopping to get distracted by those thoughts? So, what should we do if our mind is uh, taking, over? taking over these things continuously you are uh, thinking about it that is why practice. All the meditation practice is for that because we are training the mind goes on and on and on and on, then to stop only we are doing the practices. That is why I kept telling the two things go together, clarity, practice they go together, they are like the two, two wings of the bird. Both are important, they go hand in hand, cognitive change and the practice. Yes. I think when you are somewhere in between traveling on the way to become a white ego, there you still have a lot of company, but does it become lonely when you know you have the white ego and no one understands you? Does it feel lonely because people do not understand <laughs> that you do not interact? That is it, is it loneliness or what is it? Did you get the question of Agnes? Yeah, do you get lonely if your ego is uh, reducing? Is that the thing? Yeah, isn't because it? what I'm thinking of, will others understand you, or isn't there a need that that you have someone who understands you? So, if your ego is getting thinner and thinner. Whether others understand you or not, you will understand them. <laughs> so, that does not put any pressure. When people do not understand me, but I do not, I understand them, so I have no problem with them. 
I understand that they don't understand me. <laughs> Makes me comfortable. It's okay. So we don't become lonely. A person with less ego is never lonely. He's actually more, uh, more joyful, more light. There is a lot of lightness. People with ego, heavy ego, ego is a problem. Heavy, heavy ego is a heavy, what do you call it? Heavy head. No. What is it called? That? Headstrong. The headstrong they call it. Heavy. It makes us heavy actually. Because the more ego we have, the more we will be hurt. People, everything keeps hurting. The less you go, less they can hurt. This is what is actually represented, see in the Indian uh, philosophy in Bhagavad Gita and all they say, your self cannot be killed by anything. They describe this, they explain like this. Nainam chindanti shastrani, nainam dhati pavaka, nachainam kledayanti apo nashoshayati maruta. They are explaining what is self, what is your true self. Your true self cannot be cut by sword, cannot be burnt by fire, cannot be wet by water, cannot be destroyed by anything. What, what does it, it does it make any sense to people? This is exactly this. When the lesser the ego you have, lesser you will be hurt. The body may be cut, because body is a physical phenomena. It has come into existence in time. It will go away in time. Nobody can change that. However powerful you, we may be, body is subjected to change. The presidents of the countries and all, they may have everything at their disposal. But still the body will go through the natural laws. Nobody can change physiological laws. But then what is that they were describing that no sword cannot cut, fire cannot burn. It is not this body. It is your true self. Because the lesser ego you have, lesser you can be hurt. People can say anything, it's okay. Looks like uh, sometimes people think, that is why enlightened, the extremes look alike. Enlightened and most unenlightened, they look alike, but not the same. Highest speed and no, no movement, they look alike. Extremes look alike. Most intelligent, most stupid, they look alike. It's a fact of life. Yes. Is it reasonable to think of our true self as part and parcel of Ishvara or Krishna? Uh, it's not part and parcel, it is. Our true self, that's why I gave that initial example. The moon is one, reflections are many. Sun is one, reflections are many. The truth is one, reflecting in all our, we are all like the pots, the totality is reflecting through us. Each reflection looks different. So it's not, uh, you can call that Krama, Krishna, Jesus, Buddha, any name. The Krishna conscious people say it is Krishna. The Rama conscious people will say Rama. Buddha conscious people will say Buddha. Different names. But it is one. The way we say truth is one, interpretations can be many. So essentially, practically trying to understand the ego in our life instead of making it into a theoretical thing is, every time we are hurt, we can uh, see that. And slowly and slowly. It's like the rubbing the ego, the cleaning the mirror. Then you know, the more layers go away, more light we are, and less disturbed we can be. Yes? Is the, uh, the danger 
No, it won't be a person. Uh, Nikki's question is: Is it that we become like we don't care anybody? No, we care more. A person with less ego is very, very present. Is in the present moment. Is more aware, more available. See, the thing is, it's not like a not care attitude. For example, if there are only two students, the question was you said is like, if I didn't inform, then I should be aware that I didn't inform. That's why people didn't come. So there is no question of uh, is assumption there. For example, only two people came, and then I didn't inform, so only two people came. So it's my mistake. Then I should tell that it was my mistake that I didn't inform. So that's not the ego, like no. But two people are like two complete people. So a person who has no ego is not like looking at the numbers, but will think that two people means two human beings. So will be completely present. So I still continue um, also to question myself for some, some reason for something, yeah. but not being heard for that. Or? Yeah, may look into it. A more pragmatic approach of looking into why people have not come. Is different from being hurt. So, in that context, so we will do. We do inquire into it, you know, a pragmatic approach of looking into it. Why people didn't come? Is there any specific reason? Were they tired, or were not interested, or only two people were interested, or I assumed that they were interested and I kept it, and then I was not aware of the uh, the uh, what is going on there. So, yes, still inquiry will be there. Looking into it will be there, but without any hurt. Without feeling bad about it. And is it not sometimes also a good thing to kind of reflect because maybe it really is needed? I didn't do a good job in my previous lecture, and that there are some ways how I can improve. Uh, why should you think that I didn't do it so well, and why can't I think like can we improve or something? Why should I? So the reflection be starting in a negative way, or can start in a positive way? The reflection can start on a positive note also. For example, if I am sure of my my uh, skill set, it's not necessary that people will appreciate it all the time. Yeah. So because it's the interest of the people. I'm I'm just thinking sometimes it also helps me to reflect what I maybe did not do so well in order to improve. Yeah, but you can reflect without feeling hurt. That's what I'm trying to say. If we are hurt, that means the ego is hurt. Reflection is a part of our life. Reflection is a part of. For example, you imagine one day most of the people throw away uh, something. They took in their plates to eat and they threw away. That means the kitchen should look into it. Why people are throwing it away? There must be something wrong with it. So it's so that way. Looking into it is a pragmatic approach. What we're talking is just a pragmatic way of analyzing things. For example, if the school is not getting enough students, the school has to management has to sit and look at it. Why people are not coming? 
So, the analysis is one thing and the examples we are taking are just to understand like you know the question is how to understand my ego whether it is unripe or ripe in that context I gave that example. You gave a message to your friend and your friend did not reply simple thing you gave a message to your friend a very important message urgent message I want your reply and you wrote and your friend did not reply and then you saw your friend online and she is typing <laughs> and she is typing and you are expecting you are just waiting for her answer because you wrote to her I am waiting for your answer and she is typing and typing and typing you did not get any reply then she is offline <laughs> you are waiting and then she again she is online again typing but you did not get reply 5 minutes 10 minutes half an hour you are hurt <laughs> disturbed oh, she does not like me anymore this is how we take a projects so in that sense Yes. So, so, what is the purpose of the ego? Why is it there? What, why does it, you know, it causes so many kind of problems like that? Like, from an evolutionary kind of perspective, like, why would that be programmed into us to have these feelings? And we're like almost trying to reprogram this bad kind of trait that. See, there's no question of why. Why? I always tell. Next question is why there is ego? Why there is all this program and. Uh, why we are trying to reprogram and all. First thing is many times why has no answer. Why has no answer. Why there are mosquitoes? <laughs> why there are those crickets? <laughs> why there is gravity? Why there is electricity, magnetism? Why has no answer? It is there. It is there. If still want to ask an answer, a provisional answer can be given, not a real answer, but just to satisfy the, the questioning mind, we give some provisional answers. The provisional answer is, this is needed in order to experience life. See, the ego is a part of experiencing this life. The mirror and the reflection are needed to go through experience of life. In deep sleep, the mirror is temporarily covered, you do not experience your ego. In deep sleep, there is no ego. That is why it is nice, we all like that state. Deep sleep, we all enjoy, is not it? There is no ego, you do not know who you are, you do not know your body, you do not know your gender, you do not know your problems, you do not know about your 20 minute flow. <laughs> no anatomy there. <laughs> what such a nice thing. But then we have desires, we have to fulfill the desires. They are all there as a part of the package. So, that is ego is not a problem. That is why I am trying to tell ego is not a problem. The unripeness of the ego, that is all the confused programs of the ego are the problems. Confusion is a problem, lack of clarity is a problem. As long as we do not understand, we continue to suffer. Lack of clarity is a problem. Clarity is the name of the game. My teacher always used to say, Swami Dayanandji, clarity is the name of the game. 
the more clear you are of course the practice but practice of what practice of what is clear if i am not clear and if i think i am clear then it is a problem let's say buddha used the expression if if you are a fool and you know that you are a fool you are intelligent if you are a fool and you think you are intelligent you are a fool indeed <laughs> so clarity we need to honestly we need to aim for more and more clarity otherwise we will be we will suffer nobody else will suffer it's our responsibility to save our skin yes um would you say in terms of the ego that it also comes down to expectation so not to not have any expectation but to not be fixed to it so if we when we interact with other people because we have an expectation on how they should respond to us or treat us or um react to us when that doesn't happen we then are hurt in a sense but if we don't if we have that expectation but are not yeah the, the the kanika's question is about expectations so expectations if uh, generally when our expectations are not fulfilled we are we are hurt that is when people will say that either you don't have expectations or you reduce your expectations and things like that so i already told you not to have expectations is a meaningless thing i told you that somebody tells you what you should do slap yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> somebody tells you don't have expectations give them a slap <laughs> say the next time you come to me you should not have expectations i may hug you i may kiss you i may slap you anything <laughs> anything is possible <laughs> so that's not the thing so expectations is a part of the part of the ego structure so what is the ego structure ego structure is the self plus all other things like what is the structure of the reflection my real face plus all the distortions created by the mirror so what is the when i am seeing through a tinted glass what is it the real thing plus all the distortion from my tinted glass so all the things part of that likes dislikes my values my beliefs my concepts my ideas and expectations also are part of it so expectation is not a problem but if we have trained ourselves to make ourselves balanced with expectations the expectation is fulfilled not fulfilled is much more than fulfilled less than fulfilled opposite to fulfilled if you can maintain balance then expectation is neutralized still you can have expectations but when expectation is not fulfilled also you are not disturbed so you are neutralizing the program program is there but program cannot do anything more to you so expectation that's why is not a problem but our preparation to face the outcome of our actions they can be much more than our expectation or opposite to our expectation if i am ready it's not a problem yes um what i did not understand yet like if, so we aim for more clarity about our true nature and our true nature is joy 
but that would mean if we were all clear about that, we would all be the same. So what, what is left when I find my true nature? What are the correct? What do you mean by all same? Like when we say, what, what, what is left there? What is my, my, my true nature? What, what, I, I, I just don't know what I would find. There. So for example, you and your friend are sitting next to each other, both are happy. Uh, you meant to say that there is nothing there anymore because both are happy, so there is nothing else there left. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, what is, what else is there? Which characteristics are my true nature, and which are ones are just my mind? So we said, for example, jealousy is only the mind, but is like being very enthusiastic. Is that also my mind, or is that my true nature? And, and when you are enthusiastic, when you are cheerful, are you comfortable or not? Yeah. When you are jealous, are you comfortable? No. <laughs> so, but that means like some people are more cheerful than others. There can still be that. That's their true nature. See, the more and less and are the part of the mind. See, the joy when you are when we say joy is your true nature. With that joy. One person may do asanas, another person may do painting, third person may do the do some music, another may be doing the jobs, and so someone else may be taking care of the family and children. So, but whatever they do, this has the background. This has the background. Still, you continue to do different things because our bodies are different, our mental structure is different, but it is not distorting anymore. For example, if 10 of us are sitting in front of the beach, watching the ocean, all of us are sitting. But the way you actually experience it is different. So do we say that what is there? Now all of us are seeing the same ocean, no? Though the ocean is one, the way you look at it, enjoy it is different. So similarly, with the same state of mind of joy, because there is no more distortion of the thing. When we say, when, when I am saying that the ripe ego or enlightened ego, there is no distortion. You see colors as they are. You don't interpret this color is more beautiful than the, that color. You won't say that this flower is more beautiful than that flower. You see both and you enjoy. One flower may be very intricate design, other may be very simple. But you don't brand them, you enjoy both. So the distortion of the ego is missing. You see things as they are. You smell things as they are. You listen to things as they are. So the experience becomes more intense. So when I, like first time, I face my true nature, can I then realize, oh, I'm very, like I have this and this and this as positive characteristics. And that's what is different, maybe because of my experiences or whatever, and that is different from other people's true nature. Now, why bother about other people's experience? This again, your mind is trying to project and imagine what other people are experiencing and all. You experience your, from your own experience. You cannot like try to interpret what others are experiencing. Yes, Mike. Which I am thinking 
talking about is about the needs because an unripe ego has so many needs. An unripe ego thinks maybe I need more money and I need a new job and I need a, need, need a new cell phone and all of that. And what I'm thinking about is that a mature, lightened ego will have different needs, but some needs will be always there. For example, the need for, for friendship or the need for being part of the community. Can you, can you help me with that? See, Agnes' question is the needs. The needs. Unripe ego will have more needs, and is it that the ripe ego has less needs? Yeah. And uh, what about the needs of like the desire for friendship and desire for a community and all? See, the thing is, uh, needs, if they are making me needy, then it is unripe ego. For example, if I am feeling bad that I don't have the more latest mobile, or I feel that I don't have a bigger car, or more latest car, I don't have a BMW, no, then it is yes. This is the unripe uh, ego. This is unripe ego. But for example, you can afford to have, and you have it, and you have it fine, one, wonderful. You enjoy. You don't have. You are still happy. You don't have. Still, you are happy. It's, so it is no more binding. That's why we call them as binding desires, okay. non-binding desires. Non-binding desires means, wow, how nice it will be if we have chocolate balls tonight. And I come to the school, I'm saying that, oh, I'm making an intention to the totality that there should be chocolate balls. Some people tell like that. <laughs> and but then they come and they find banana fritters there. <laughs> oh, OK, I wanted chocolate balls and I got banana fritters. <laughs> so then it is non-binding. And then I'm not happy and I'm trying to go to some place to get a chocolate ball and I find everything is closed down now. Then I feel bad about it. I even contemplate, okay, I think I should go to Palalam to eat a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> then it is a binding desire, unenlightened. But when you said the desires for uh, friendship and companionship, the same thing applies. Enjoying the company, enjoying the friendship of people, nice. But they are not there. Your close friend misunderstood you, left you. Like today we were talking, some of her friends and someone was telling that she went late for the wedding and the friend was so angry that she didn't talk to her at all. She spent so much money flying there and she missed a flight and something and then like, okay. It's not that we are heartless, but so again, enjoying the company is one thing and I am, I cannot be happy without company is another thing. Yes, Mike. Um, I have a related question. So I know in class and as well in our book, it mentions um, performing our actions uh, for the totality or for Ishvara. And I guess in the Bhagavad Gita, well, it's, it says that. What's a good way of actually doing that? Oh, that is a different thing. Mike is asking a question uh, based on the concept of Karma Yoga's practice. We have not yet talked about that topic. But then the thing is, it's like this. How to perform actions, he's telling. What is the best way of performing actions? You can do in so many ways. Best way of performing actions is that you perform actions because we cannot live without action. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> because is there anyone who, cannot, who can live without action? Our waking up is an action. 
breathing is an action, walking is an action, eating is an action, sleeping is an action. Our whole world is nothing but action, there is no nothing without action. You go to the microcosmic level, there is activity going on in the in the atom, electron is going round and round the proton, is not it? It is going round and round, everything is going round and round, earth is going round sun and we say in college days that the boys are going round girls. So, it is all going round and round, the activity, there is bound to be activity. So, one way of acting is that we have to act, but then even not acting becomes an activity. People want to run away from activity, but that is an activity. We want to sit in the beach, I do not want to do anything, that is I am doing something. I skip my class and go to the beach to sit in the beach, just imagine, that is what I am doing. So, everything is an action, we cannot avoid action. So, what is the best way of performing action is different things like understanding that we have freedom in action and understanding that we freedom, we have freedom in how to respond to the outcome. So, acting with the understanding that I have freedom in the response, I do not have any like I do not have complete freedom in the outcome. So, acting that way is an enlightened way of acting. Another method given there is the concept of Ishara, it's, you know we need to understand different things. Like you are working for the totality, as though you are working for the totality, but then that needs a proper understanding, because somebody will say why should I work for totality and all, we are not outside the totality. That is where to understand that we are not outside the totality, like even the example of like every cell in our body is working for the whole body. Our head is thinking for the whole body, legs are walking again for the whole body, my hand is doing things, if I am hurt my hand reaches, headache hand reaches. So, everything in the body is working for the totality, working as one total, does it make sense? Like take in our take our body, our in our body everything is working, all the cells at the cellular level they are all acting, but as a unit. Now, if for example, head starts uh, thinking why should I think all the time, let me stop thinking and let us say that I do not want to walk, I want to sit on the head, now, things like this, no? this will be chaos. So, it is functioning very well because there is no chaos. Similarly, the concept of I am a part of the totality, I am like a cell in this universe, every cell has to do its job, this is my job, that is the concept of dharma and all we have to understand, it is a what is my dharma and all that. Yes. sometimes because you feel so good and then you go back to 
normal state or something. And I just wonder if this is also just part of the mind, like uh, creating this really euphoric feeling and then you come back to like normal or is it also like our true nature to be really like also what you said, enthusiastic or euphoric or, yeah. See, uh, it's a lot of questions you understood, all of you. Like what about the euphoric emotions and the negative emotions? See, this is like compare them to waves. Compare them to a wave. No, euphoria, if euphoric emotions are like, you know, you're riding on the wave, and then it goes down also, takes us to depression also. So this is like going up and down. So what we're talking is a state of tranquility, a peace and joy, which is not completely up, not completely down. You're already very high up. Okay. <laughs> You're already very high up, so there is no question of. See, when we go down, I always give this example. When we uh, go into a pit, when we are coming up, coming out of the pit, we feel like we are climbing a mountain. We are actually not climbing a mountain. We have gone into the pit, and from the pit, we are coming up to the same level. So many times when we go to a very bad experience, coming out of to a normal experience also looks like we are going to a very higher state. But what happens with this is that your general level itself will. In general, you are in a. So it's not a tranquil state, which is like a boring, just dull, no. <laughs> It's quite a cheerful, enthusiastic, high-energy state, but not comparable to the the big waves. Yes. Um, after Silence Day, we talked about after Silence Day. Yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, the sometimes the feeling of loneliness when you have uh, don't share it or something. Also, like part of the ego. Yeah, feeling loneliness. So, what Nikki is asking is of like the feeling of loneliness. It's a loneliness. Is a feeling of uh, is an expression of the ego. Being alone is different from being lonely. Yes. Yes. Aloneness. Like no, you are alone, but not uh, feeling like lonely. People can be amidst a lot of people, but they can feel lonely. There can be 100 people around, but they can feel lonely. And what tries to tell me that? What is the ego telling me that? See, ego is not telling anything. Ego is, is just uh, is the reflection. So we can learn from it. We can learn from it. Everything we can learn from it. We can convert. OK, loneliness is telling me something. I can look at it, what it is telling. It's not bad. Again, uh, Laura, here we are not saying that the negative emotions are bad. Many times they help us. For example, boredom indicates something. Frustration indicates something. Many times they bring out good also. Suffering brings out a lot of things. A lot of, when suffering comes, we think a lot. Suffering, brings, suffering acts like a break in our life. We just stop, we pause, and then we start thinking. Break is needed in a vehicle as much as accelerator. So that is why negative emotions are helpful. But then we learn from them, try to understand. And then, so that process is the rubbing the ego. Instead of justifying, I look at it. I try to understand. I try to learn from it. If I don't understand, then I try to inquire into it. So I look at it and 